This is our second of three labs on Romans 9, 9 to 13. Let me pray that God would help us in this pretty complex argument. Father, we need abilities mentally, and we need spiritual discernment, and we need faith. And so you're the only one who can grant these things so that your word is perceived and loved and obeyed. So grant them, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul is developing an argument in verses 6 through 13, and really further, that the word of God has not fallen. So before we look again at this paragraph, let's set the stage with uh, verses 6 to 8. The main point is that the Word of God has not failed since even though many Israelites back in 9-3 have been cut off from Christ because they don't believe in the Messiah, Jesus, nevertheless, even though many promises were made to Israel, the Word of God has not failed in view of all that loss because not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, and that's what the Word of God or the promise of God applies to. This promise, this Word of God, is to those who belong to Israel, to those who are named his offspring, to those who are counted as his offspring. Now, what we want to try to do in this session is see how it is that Paul really at the root of these two illustrations of Ishmael and Isaac on the one hand and Jacob and Esau on the other, how that argument at root really works. So we pointed out that uh, everything up until verse 10 was an an Ishmael-Isaac argument to show that God has chosen Isaac over Ishmael, and he's chosen him as a child of promise. God showed up and did not produce a child of the flesh like Ishmael was with uh, an origin in what human beings like Hagar and Abraham could produce on their own. Rather, Isaac took a miracle to produce because both his parents were too old to have have children. So there's there's a pointer there that God's Children, the the children of promise, will be miracle children. They'll be children of God, children of of the Spirit, not just children of the flesh. And then came the argument from Jacob and Esau. And that was an improvement because Jacob and Esau had the same parents, whereas Isaac and Ishmael had different parents. Now, what is really at the root of, of how Paul is arguing. Let me just walk through and point out the things that I think uh, illustrate the kind of root that there is. Here you have offspring being named. So this is not saying that Isaac was more Jewish than Ishmael. This is saying that Isaac was by God named as an offspring. 
Similarly, he was a child of promise. God showed up and performed a promise and thus counted him by a divine act to be a child of promise, not a child of flesh, but a child of God. When you get here to Jacob and Esau, what we see is that they hadn't been born and they had not done anything good or bad. And therefore, the basis of the choice of the child of promise or the child of God is not their their deeds. Paul is trying to illustrate that it's not what is resident in us that is the ground of our being chosen as a child of promise and part of the true Israel. But in order that God's purpose of election might stand not because of works, not because of works, but because of him who calls. Now, ordinarily, we might think in Paul's language the opposite of works would be faith. You might say not because of works, but because of faith. But that's not the point here. The point here is God, him. He's the one who is doing the calling. And that calling right there is the same word as in 9-7, where he calls or he names people descendants or, or offspring. Not because of works, not because they had done anything good, not because they had done anything bad, but because of him who calls. Why? Why does God do it that way? Because in order that God's purpose of election might continue. And it's not going to continue on when it's dependent on people's works. It's going to continue if it's dependent on God himself who calls. And so God chooses the younger to be the heir, not the older, and goes against human expectation in order that this promise made to the younger would stand, that this purpose would stand. Now you can see the connection between the purpose here and the Word of God up here. The whole point of this paragraph is that the Word of God has not failed. The reason it looks like it's failed is because some in Israel have fallen and, and been lost and they're cut off from, from Christ. Paul's answer to that is that there is a select or elect group within Israel that this word of God applies to. That group is brought about not simply because uh, some other Jews are bad, but because God is naming who is offspring. God is counting who is offspring. God is electing who is offspring. And it isn't based on who's good and who's bad. They hadn't even been born yet when God made this choice. It's not because of works. And, it, and this word right here, I think, needs to be thought through contextually because I think it implies anything that is resident in us, anything by way of our human distinctive, including claiming that we were born of the right mother or born of the right father. And the reason I think that outside of this text is because in Philippians 
3, 4, and 5, Paul says, if anybody has reason to boast, I do. And then he lists off both his genetic pedigree as well as his zealous works. He says, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the of the tribe of Benjamin, of the people of Israel, a Hebrew of Hebrews. So there are three distinctions uh, that are owing to his birth. And then he says, as to, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness in the law, blameless. So works here, I think, includes both claims that your physical pedigree would qualify you for election and anything you do, uh, whether it's faith or whether it's work, would qualify you for election. That's the whole point. So here's, here's the, the way it works. This purpose here is what is going to continue or to stand. And the reason it stands is because the the Word of God here, the Word of God and the promises of God are expressions of that purpose by which God secures His people and His promise so that the Word of God never fails. He always secures precisely those for whom His promise counts.